Welcome everyone to Four Guys in a Comic. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to talk about all the stuff that you guys love. Maybe even some of the stuff you don't even know about and wish you did know about. So, here we are, again, this week, with an amazing interview afterwards. So guys, what have you been up to? Hanging in there. Uh, trying to catch up on comics. Up it's been hard. It's been so hard. I've had so many piles of comics since I had all my wedding stuff going on everything else and i finally have like knocked it down to like this small pile now about and it's mostly comics i don't even care if i get to or not and i'm super stoked that um, i'm finally here there's just a million comics to read i know i saw your little uh video you did on twitter with you organizing your collection that was pretty cool oh yeah no there was a lot of uh i got a lot more people on there watching than i actually thought it was funny though because whenever i started putting on the uh the punk music and stuff i started getting all these little hearts and everything else uh, <laughs> me jamming out drinking wine organizing comics it was a uh, nice saturday yeah. that was the funniest thing you start watching the video and the first thing you do there you are you know on the bed with your bottle of wine get yourself all geared up and ready to go <laughs> yeah exactly i wasn't on the bed though i was on the floor I was on the floor. Oh, was that? Oh, it was the floor. I thought it was the bed for some reason. The damn... A.K.A. Okay. his bed. Yeah, A.K.A. my yeah. homeless bed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my AKA gosh. A.K.A. where his wife makes him sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, did what? Only when I get in trouble, you... Tap. <laughs> How much did you spend for that comic? That's why he was get organizing away. comics on a Saturday, because he had gotten in trouble. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, what really happened is um, Reagan went with her mom to go see Justin Timberlake in Austin yes, uh, yesterday. It was Saturday. And for you the didn't use. go? I, Justin Timberlake? I know. You didn't go see JT? He's bringing sexy back. Dude, I would have actually really liked to go just to say I could have gone, but um, I wasn't about to fork out the money for tickets. Uh, she got to go for free. Her mom paid for her. And I already I well, just paid you guys are ACM. married now. Her mom should be paying for you oh, too. I'm not gonna That's expect right. that. Come on now. <laughs> mom, That's how marriages work, you? sir. All right, so they've done yeah. a lot for us. Though. They did a lot for us. They paid for all the wedding stuff because the uh, father of the bride pays for the wedding. But um, shout you out to Alan. Three girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's not a curse on me. But um, yeah, no, I spent all my money on ACL the following weekend. Or the previous week. I mean, we didn't have a round table for that week. So if you're wondering what we were up to, uh, I was at ACL. Austin City Limits. Saw the Gorillas, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jay-Z. Oh, see, Mike was missing. Michael was in the ER. Alex was at ACL. And I was flying solo. Yep. Mm. <laughs> so how, how was ACL? The Peppers, man. I love the Peppers. God, they're awesome. Yeah, dude. No, it was so cool seeing Red Hot Chili Peppers. And they had so much energy on stage. Um, Flea literally had the microphone in his hand like the whole show just yelling random stuff and it was so good and um he even had a bass off on stage with another guy and um it was great like it, it was really good um i'll say the group that stole the show though was on sunday night uh the gorillas came up and um if you don't know who they are they usually have a bunch of different people featured in their songs like on different albums it's basically just uh, their producers and they invite people to come do songs with them and um they had like and they're all cartoons yeah well it's an animator and a uh, music producer it's the uh damon is was the lead singer of that british band blur you might remember from uh the late 90s you ever heard that song Woohoo! oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah okay. it's the same dude totally different style of music but same dude 
But um, Gorillaz had everyone come in, like all their features from all their songs and stuff. Um, even Del the Funky Homo Sapien came up and did um, Clint Eastwood, which was so cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Speaking of music, did you guys remember in the '90s uh, rock? Uh, what was it? Uh, rock and roll comics. Never heard of. Did them. You read and never heard of them. I remember rock and roll wrestling. No, they did 65 issues. Issue number one featured Guns N' Roses. I mean, they had everybody in there. Madonna, uh, Alice Cooper, ZZ Top, uh, Michael Jackson, Rod Stewart, The Who, The Crew. And every issue was basically, you know, the backstory about each individual person and how they came to be and, and just how they got formed and, you know, the whole history of that band or that person. So it was basically Blue Wave Comics before Blue Wave Comics. <laughs> but done right. But right. done right. It was really, really well not, done. Not with, the, not with the weird art. <laughs> no. The art was great. In fact, I got a really cool story to tell you. Um, it was in 1990, if I remember serves. There was a uh, Metallica, uh, not Metallica, Motley Crue concert in uh, California. And I was... Wanting to go to this so bad, but tickets were so expensive, yada, da 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 And I was uh, suspended from school one day, and I'm, as I'm at home, I'm listening to my favorite radio station, and I had my rock and roll comics in front of me. And I was going through them, and on the radio, they were like, okay, so if you can tell us the, the, the very first album that Motley Crue did, who was the company that uh, uh, published the album, you will win uh, two free tickets, um, to the concert, plus a limousine will pick you up, driven by Sam Kinison. And I'm just like, I just read that. Hold on, holy smokes. So, you know, I, I'm dialing the phone as I'm flipping through the rock and roll comic book, right? I'm trying to find that page. Like, I remember reading that. You know, the person answers the phone. All right, you're caller number 12. Congratulations. What is the answer? And I haven't gotten that page yet. And I finally, I'm just like, oh, yeah, my name is Michael. I'm flipping through there and I find something on that page. And I accidentally gave the street address because the street address was this, it was some kind of name that was similar to like a, a publishing company. And the guy was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're wrong. He hangs up with me and I look at it. And right below the street address in a little block was the name of that company. I was just like, oh, no. That's oh. Nice. oh my god it was like oh, the crew driven by sam oh my god that sam oh. kennison would have lost his shit when he arrived at your house and he's picking up a 13 year old kid <laughs> sam kennison would have been like oh my god what the fuck exactly <laughs> got to think how old was that i was oh my god uh 17 18 <clears throat> at the time oh god that would have just that would have been awesome but anyways, yeah, if you, anybody hasn't heard of it, Rock and Roll Comics, check out all the stuff in there in regards to your favorite artists. You know, it was just, it was an awesome series. It really was. You know what? It's kind of weird because, um, I mean, I guess it's not such a popular thing to do now with, like, that kind of style comic or whatever. But um, even Marvel did, like, Alice Cooper comics and stuff back in the day. And um, it's, I mean, Kiss comics are, like, huge, you know? And, um it's crazy that, you know, back then that was like a big thing. But I guess with those kind of characters, you know, just the personas and their onstage personality and everything else, they were like almost like a, a comic book superhero or villain or whatever, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Especially like, you know, Kiss and all that. They're like uh, demons from space and everything else. So, yeah. Oh, I'm just looking at it. I finally found it. You know, that issue number one of Guns N' Roses, it went into seven printings. 
It's a lot. It is a lot. I wouldn't want to read a whole comic about Axl Rose just complaining about Slash, though. <laughs> That's probably what half the comic is. No, actually, like I said, it broke it down to each individual person, and it, it was really, truly well done. It really was. But, anyways, Matt, what's been going on with you, man? What uh, comics and stuff have you been up to? Um, yeah, so a lot of omnibus reading. Um, I've kind of been bouncing around a, a few different omnis lately, actually. Um, so I've been reading, um, beyond stoked. Uh, I'll probably finish it here in the next day or so. Um, the complete, uh, series of, uh, Luther Strode. So the complete saga of Luther Strode from image comics. Um, absolutely amazing. Justin Jordan, Tradmore. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, absolutely love that book. Rust, uh, yeah. Rusty Alex, whatever the hell I'm calling you these days. You should check out this book. It is ultra ultra violent Wait, what's it called again um there's so basically it's a total of 18 issues it's three arcs broken down into six issues and so the first one is called like uh i can't remember it's like the legacy of luther strode the uh the return of luther whatever i don't remember all the names where i'm butchering it right now but it's luther strode l-u-t-h-e-r-s-t-r-o-d-e basically this kid here's the here's the premise this kid um, he's like a little weakling. He's like your little stereotypical bookworm. Okay. Uh, he's tired of being picked on at school. So he orders this book. Um, it kind of like reminds you of like those old, like, uh, Atlas books, you know, like in the back of comics order today and you can have a physique like this tomorrow, you know, those fast. types of things. <laughs> yeah. So he orders, um, this book and it comes in and, uh, within like a week or so he's all of a sudden this ginormous ripped, dude and uh the reason is is because um this book is is sent out by uh, uh the librarian um and uh it's he's an evil fuck and uh it kind of goes from there um but uh it's basically luther strode's like well i'm gonna be a vigilante and i'm gonna take out bad guys and it's ultra violent like i mean arms being ripped off blood everywhere i mean it's crazy and everybody knows i've not been too shy about it that i'm not a fan of Tradmore's art on Ghost Rider and some other books. So I was very nervous when I originally first started reading this one because I don't, I'm not a fan of the art. But in this book, it works wonderfully. I really love his art in this book. It works so incredibly well. That's cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. I think I'm on issue 12 right now um, at 18. But now, anyways, man, I, super amazing man, I book. I wouldn't recommend this to Rusty because, you know, I don't know if you realize it, but dude's been having some bad dreams over here. <laughs> oh yeah 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 I, I, I saw that he uh was getting pulled down into a laundry basket that was a creepy dream man by the by the hand from hbo no more okay. ec comics for alex you know he's done I, he's got to go switch to my little pony now yeah right all yeah. this uh what is it black cat mystery comics that i've been reading because i got the the paperback for that and then all the east i haven't read ec in a while but i'm reading a lot of black cat mystery stuff and um it's something for those of you who obviously don't know about my dream thing um i was having i had i woke up in the middle of the night the other night because i was having a bad dream i was having a good dream like everything was hunky-dory like it was like a-okay i don't even remember if it was like significantly a dream about anything specific but just me like hanging out and i don't know what but i walked by the door to my closet and then randomly a hand just like 
reaches out and grabs me and pulls me into the closet and like holds me down like and I can't get this hand to let me go it like overpowered me but it was coming out of the dirty clothes hamper and like was like pulling me into it and it was it was creepy um it was one of those dreams though to where um it, it felt kind of real like you could read like move around you can't any control what's going on and so I remember reaching behind me to try and feel what was grabbing me and feeling like this cold hand like grabbing the back of my shirt and like pulling me back and like I was like trying to like dig my nails into it and stuff but nothing was happening and it was gross the hand felt gross no, yeah, well they just had your shirt just take your shirt off and you would have been free right no that's what I should have no I think this is your I think this is your subconscious telling you that it's time to go get your um, dirty laundry washed <laughs> things are coming to life in it <laughs> yes. how long has that been sitting there in the basket since before the wedding <laughs> no no maybe not that bad maybe a week or so okay, okay not that bad yeah oh, but man. uh it, it was crazy man um yeah spooky how appropriate right before halloween too right? yeah really yeah. Yeah. well go check out luther strode man i'm telling you it's a fantastic book cool. i'm I'm so geeked about it. Um, and then what else have I been bouncing around in? Oh, the New Teen Titans Omnibus Volume 1. I've been reading that. Um, nice, you know, Bronze Age Teen Titans. Uh, Marv Wolfman and uh, George Perez. Um, it's good stuff, man. I never thought, I honestly, because, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the Teen Titans cartoon, the Teen Titans go I'm just not a fan of it. So I honestly didn't know what I would think think of this book so i was like oh, i'll give it a shot if not i'll trade it off get something else uh no i actually like it a lot it's really 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 well done i'm a I, i'm probably quarter of the way halfway through it and it's good i, I like it a lot yeah. i remember reading it back in the day and i was like wow this isn't bad you know this is- no it's it's good it's really 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 well done um and beast boy is my favorite oh I yeah love beast boy actually he's called the changeling mm-hmm. in that book but uh yeah, it's good stuff. Um, oh, Orion Omnibus. I've been bouncing around in and out of that one. You know, the Jack Kirby Fourth World stuff. Oh, dude. That's what, that one's fun. You should be I'm reading gonna... Al Jordan right now. I actually caught up on uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I'm going to play. Orion is in it. And I, uh, Orion kills himself in it, but something happens. You'll have to. I'll just give you that. But Yeah, I'm going to. I need to come back. I'm probably six months behind all the Reber stuff, so I need to binge read some of that stuff, which I will be doing shortly. I'm starting to finally kind of get a a feeling of a caught-up accomplishment, caught-up, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then uh, what was the other book that I was bouncing? Oh, oh, how could I forget? Swamp Thing Omnibus, Bronze Age Swamp Thing. Yes. That is actually the, the – that one and Luther Strode are like the main two that are on my – reading list right now um when i got uh bronze age swamp thing mike got it too and uh so we were talking about how we're gonna read it you know at the same time and compare notes and thoughts and whatnot i haven't talked to him so i have no idea but um i'm like i don't know seven or eight issues in it's really really good uh i had like no expectations going into it um I was just kind of like, ah, eh, you know, whatever. We'll we'll see what it's like. It's Bronze Age. I mean, you know, I like Bronze Age stuff. I was like, but we'll we'll see what it's like. Now this is like early '70s Bronze Age, and uh, the writing is phenomenal. Like, 
if this writing is anything like I know Rusty's been over here pumping out man thing and being on the man thing wagon for for a while now and trying to get us to read it and I still have yet to read it but if the writing and man thing is like what I'm reading right now in this bronze age swamp thing I get why you love man thing oh, yeah. so much if it's the same type of writing I get it um I mean swamp thing is Len Wein and Bernie writes and you can't go you know you can't go wrong with that with that team up but uh yeah bronze age swamp thing amazing stuff um oh but aside from omnis i did do some marvel reading Uh-oh. um th- there's a few titles that have piqued my interest with this whole legacy thing so kind of like dc rebirth you know the rebirth thing happened Kind of got me re-interested into DC a little bit, and then I was on this rebirth train for a while. I still am. I just need. To, I'm just behind. I need to play catch up. Um, so Marvel Legacy is kind of doing the same thing for me. So I was like, all right, well, let, let's see what books have come out this week that pique my interest. And I read uh, Thor 700. Oh, I'm dying to read that one. I am too. I, um, it's, on my, it's on my pile right here. But yeah, no, I I read Thor, the Mighty Thor, um, 700. I wasn't real sure because I've n- I've not read any of the of the Lady Jane Thor stuff at all, um, but this one was talking about War Thor and Odin's son and late and Lady Jane Mighty Thor, so I was kind of like oh that's all like all the characters that I like in it I'm gonna read it it's Jason Aaron I'll read it and we'll go from there we'll see what happens because they they made it sound like uh, Jane is gonna be dying of her cancer soon. Um, and so there's gonna have to be a new Thor to take up Mjolnir when she passes. Cause it sounds like she's on the verge of dying soon. Or at least that's how they're making it sound. Um, so I read it. It's really good. Um, I'm impressed. It kind of actually makes me want to go back and read some, uh, the other mighty Thor stuff that I've missed out on. Um, I read, uh, Iron Man, um, whatever the legacy numbering on that one is. I don't remember the issue number. Um, six fifty something One maybe million. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah. yeah, no, it's like six fifty something I think. But anyway, um, I read Iron Man and uh, they're hinting at a return of Tony Stark, um, which piques my interest because once again, like I think the Riri Williams character is cool, Ironheart, whatever you know, like it, it's cool, but. I want to see Iron Man. Like, I want to see Tony Stark. Like, that's what I grew up reading. That's who I want to read about. And if he teams up with Ironheart, like, hell yeah, let's have some adventures. Like, that's cool. But, um, you know, and as we all know, you know, Dr. Doom's been taking over the Iron Man armor lately and kind of having his infamous Iron Man run. So uh, I read the new Iron Man, and, uh, yeah, it sounds like Tony's on his way back. We'll see. I mean, they don't really give a whole lot away in this issue, but uh, they hinted at it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. Um, it's, it's definitely just going to happen. I, I've, yeah, it probably has to. But um, And then the other one that piqued my interest this week um, that I'm reading, I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, though. I was really tired last night, is uh, Venom 156. Ooh, see, I, I picked that up on Wednesday, but I haven't read the issue yet. Yeah, I got like a few pages into it, but I was really, really tired. So I ended. Up, it says after I read Thor and Iron Man and other. So I was like, I'm just gonna I'll hold off and wait some more awake. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Venom 155. So I picked. Uh, you know, I read or I'm going to be reading Venom 156. Um, I'm really holding out though for Captain America. 
Mark Wade's coming back and doing Captain America, so I'm really holding out for that one. I'm I'm excited for that. Um, I was hoping Spirits of Vengeance 2 was out, but I don't think it's out yet. Rusty, you'd probably know. Is it no, out yet? it's not out yet. No. Okay, well, then I'm waiting on that one, too, because Spirits of Vengeance number one was freaking awesome. So Yeah? Did you read Catch Up on Cable yet? Uh, yes. Well, let me think. What's the last issue with Cable? Was that the one that you showed me with Blink? Um, yeah, uh, you saw that cover there. That came out this past Wednesday, and uh, John Malin took over and um, on art, and then there's a new guy writing it now, uh, Eric Brisson. Okay, so I have not read that issue, but I did read everything prior to it. So you saw the end of the conference um, thing? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, cool. I read that, um, the James Robinson run. I did read that. Um, so I am more or less caught up. I have that one issue to read still. Um, and then uh, you've been trying to get me to read the, was it Weapon X? Yeah, Weapon X is pretty good. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to give that one a shot, too, because some of these Marvel books have actually been kind of have been now that this whole Secret Empire thing's over with. They've been uh, piquing my interest a little bit in some of these. So yeah, and Weapon X has uh, Fred Van Lente with Greg Pak. So, yeah. And actually, dude, I really want to go back and read uh, after speaking to Riley Brown and Fred, I wanna, I really want to go back and read that incredible Hercules run. Yeah, no, definitely. When we were talking about, especially it, when he said it was compared, especially when he said it was compared to Archer and Armstrong, like that's how they said it. Like, I was like, oh my god, I really want to go read this incredible Hercules run. Mm-hmm. I'm actually probably gonna put that on my read list this week for my digital. I have my physical read list and then my digital. I'll probably make that my digital read list this week. Very cool. Um, now you're talking yeah. about all this legacy stuff. I know. Uh, Alex, we've talked about this a little bit uh, recently of uh, conspiracy theories going on within all of this stuff. Yep. You know, insert your conspiracy theory music here. Um, <laughs> you know, it's if you look at a lot of the stuff that's been coming out within the storylines, but particularly also with the covers. If you notice, a lot of little, little, little things have been dropping with the FF. A lot of Fantastic Four. Every week we're seeing at least two covers that are Fantastic Four related. We're seeing stuff within the issues that are Fantastic Four related. Mm. Yeah, in the uh, in the Iron Man issue, Thing makes an yep. appearance. So hopefully by the time um, this but, drops, I'm going to have a nice YouTube video. Stay tuned for it on our YouTube channel where I'm going to point out every single FF item within all the Legacy comics and follow along with us here at Four Guys because we have a feeling that the Fantastic Four could be making a triumphant return really, really soon. I hope so. Yes. Um, as you guys know, I love Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, so I, I really, really hope that they do because that would make my day. And then I hope that they do something. Because like, I know this uh, Spirits of Vengeance is only like what's supposed to be like six or seven issues, something like that. Short. So if that's fine, you know, if they want to create that. But I want it to at least spin off into some solo books, like a Blade solo book would be sick i still we haven't seen a blade solo book in years i would like blade i would also like morbius morbius would be cool yeah have a blade morbius book have a whatever like there's so much things that you could do even if it's only like a 12 issue run or an 18 or whatever it is like there's a lot of things you could do with it that would be pretty cool cool if they did something like that and had wolfman come back and uh, write it yeah that'd be cool That'd be neat. He created the character after all. It'd be nice to see him uh, take ownership of it again. 
Yeah. You never know, though. I mean, it could come. Uh, it doesn't seem like Marvel has a whole lot of interest in that kind of universe right now, though. If you haven't noticed, it's been heavy on uh, what's to come with uh, Thanos, and he's been popping up in all kinds of random stuff. Yeah, you sent me that one picture, and I'm like, that's like a dream sequence or something. There's no way. But see, the fact that he had Ghost Rider involved in that, too, make, like he, Ghost Rider was like fanning him or some shit, like, that makes me think, um, I don't know. We'll see. Is he going to make an appearance in Spirits of Vengeance? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. Well, yeah. But, um, yeah, they're doing the whole Thanos thing with everything else. Um, I haven't read the issue, but it came out this past Wednesday, but it was a Guardians of the Galaxy issue. And um, on yeah, the cover, it's not. like who's joining the Guardians, and there's, like, Man-Thing, Deadpool, Cable, and Doctor Strange. And I'm like, it's obviously Doctor Strange, right? No, I don't think so. Who could it be, then? I don't foresee it being Doctor Strange due to Doctor Strange still having his own solo series. It's true. I'd be happy with a Man Thing, but I don't know how effective Man Thing. Man Thing, is. yeah, Man Man Thing's basically Groot 2.0 on the guard. Not, I'm not saying as a character he is, but I'm saying like as a guardian, he would be like Groot 2.0. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. Is Groot even still current on the on the Guardians team? Is he even still there? I think because if Groot is still on the team, you could have some amazing stuff happen with Groot and Man-Thing. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, dude, that'd be awesome. I would love to see that, actually. I think that could Especially be fun. Especially if it's Man-Thing that can't talk or do anything. I don't, I don't think it would be Cable, because Cable's got his own solo thing going. Who was the other Dead. one you said? Well, just because of the fact they're whoring out Deadpool like there's no tomorrow and Deadpool 2 drops next year, I could see it being Deadpool. I don't know. How does uh, they just give Deadpool a suit and he just flies around in space? Dude, how does Deadpool appear in every other fucking Marvel yeah, title? Like everything. <laughs> they oversaturate him with uh, all of the Deadpool this. became Deadpool became Wolverine. Like Wolverine was one of those characters mm-hmm. that they just threw in every book because he was such a popular character, and people kind of got tired of it. Like I think Deadpool's in the same thing. I mean, DC's doing it with Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. and they've done it with Batman. It's it's the same. The, it's the yeah, same they'll thing. play it out until the sales start dropping significantly. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, speaking of sales dropping, there's a lot of uh, people that are really pissed off at Marvel right now. Now, when aren't they people? Well, they. I mean, they have been, but especially with this whole lenticular thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I saw like an open letter from a shop owner who is uh, unfortunately having to shut his doors. Um, the last few months, he said, has been really, really hard on him, and he was banking on these lenticular covers to kind of, I don't know. I mean, he didn't say save his business, but I kind of got the vibe. Like it was like an all or nothing thing with these lenticular covers. Like his business had been kind of been on the decline, you know, and part of the reason why things have been on the decline is a lot of what I've heard. A lot of shop owners say is that people go out and they see these movies, um, you know, the Marvel MCU movies, and then they come to the shop looking for books of those characters. Well, the problem is, like, the Avengers, that's not what the Avengers look like. The Avengers you see in the movies are not the Avengers that are currently in the yep. book. 
And there's just like a lot of so then people are like oh they say but if you want to read the Avengers that have that team here's you know some great stuff from Stan Lee from back in you know and people don't care about that people want to read the modern stuff now and that's I don't know it's kind of been a shot but anyways this guy you know he said that yes there was potentially some bad business decisions made but he was kind of banking on this whole lenticular cover thing to kind of help him out and. Apparently, it completely backfired. Nobody gives a shit about these lenticular covers, which we've also heard from a lot of other people as well. Um, he tried to cancel some of his orders or like take some of them back. Like he, you know, he like he's like I, he's like There's, these aren't gonna sell. Like I don't want as many as I potentially ordered. And uh, Diamond and Marvel both basically told him to stick it. He's got to stick with what he bought. And so he's now having a fifty percent off everything in the store sale, and he's going out of business. That's rough. So, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure that's just one example of many that are out there across, you know, the world that are, that are having issues and struggling right now due to a lot of these decisions that, um, a lot of these companies are making. I mean, let's look at it too. Those lenticulars, you know, cover price, you're still paying five bucks, but most shops aren't, are, aren't giving it to cover price or charging 10 to $15. And it's just ridiculous when you look at the price of some of these issues these days. It's just well, that's because it's something shiny, so people are like, "Ooh, shiny! I have to have it." Yeah. But yeah, no, it's bad, and a lot of people, you know, they are firm believers. Call it a conspiracy theory, call it whatever you want, but there's a lot of people that are uh, very firm believers in the fact that. You know, Marvel has it out for shop. Basically, they the, the the conspiracy theory is that, and it's something that actually Mike has been saying for a long time now too, which is that Marvel doesn't want to keep making monthly books. They want to go the way of trade paperbacks and digital. Oh, I mean, it might be monthly books, but it'll be all digital. They don't want to do paper floppies anymore. Um, the only type of physical copy that you can buy going forward and this new world that they envision is the conspiracy is going to be trade paperbacks, omnibuses, things like that. And then everything else is going to be digital. And that's fine for the people that either like digital or like trade paperbacks, but you still got your people like myself who like, you know, our paper issues. So if they don't want to go that way, fine. You know, there's other companies that can provide it for us. That is true. Mm-hmm. There, There is, but how many people already like how many people do we know that already read mainly digital anyway like how many sales have been lost due to digital and i mean just even a few years ago i was talking to a shop owner here and he said that uh his shop probably won't be there in 20 years he goes you know it sucks that you have to you're a comic shop but you have to supplement your income with magic the gathering and pokemon cards in order to keep your business afloat because that's what sells people aren't buying physical books anymore people are buying everything digitally or you have companies like or like you have people uh, collect like i collect hardcovers and and things like that but you have um people that collect uh hardcover trade waiters you know that i mean i i don't trade weight i usually read up until and then when i get the hardcover great you know um but you have those people that prefer that binge like it's just part of the world that we that we live in now and the way that things have grown. I mean, look at Netflix. People wait for shows to hit Netflix and then they binge watch it. You know, people wait for HB for game of Thrones to air all 10 episodes. And then they sign up for HBO free for a month, just to binge watch all the episodes. And then they unsubscribe again. It's just, I don't know. It's that world that we live in. 
It's changing. Yeah, and it'll keep changing. It'll be something new, something different. You know, 10 years from now, it's going to be something brand new that uh, we haven't thought of. Holographic comic books. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy earlier, and I had to circle back because it reminded me, did you see uh, the po- those posters of popular comic movies redone yes the reimagined ones oh my gosh that one for with michael jackson as star lord for the guardians of the galaxy is a 1980s movie um to me it was dead on dead on i'm glad it never happened but yeah (laughs) no have you have you guys seen captain eo though no i saw the moonraker no captain eo it was, you know, revolutionary back in the day. You or Moonwalker, whatever Disney. the hell that was. No, no, Captain EO, you had to go to Disneyland, and they had it available there. You put on the, those special 3D glasses, which was basically like when you go to the IMAX and watch a, a 3D movie today. This was the beginning of it. This was the very first 3D movie with those types of glasses you could ever watch, um, you know, which came out like in 1984, 85. Such a long time ago. And... To debate, debut all the stuff, they had Captain EO, which was basically, it was Michael Jackson in space, a Star-Lord. It's the best way to put it. And when you saw that, when I saw that cover for that remake, I was like, that was the perfect choice. Yeah, I, he's completely frozen on my screen. Same here. He's frozen like this. Yep, that's how he's frozen <laughs> on mine, too. <laughs> I think he was talking about Star Adventures, right? He said Captain, uh, Captain EO, EO, but he said at Disneyland, and you wear the glasses and stuff, and that reminds me of like the Star Adventure tours or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. You ever been to Disneyland? Nope. What? Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Um, I've never been to Disney World, but I've been to Disneyland. And, um, My family was poor, man. We never went anywhere. Yeah. I got to go when I was really little, but um, and I got to go once like a two years ago or something like that. I think my wife got to go in high school, but that was because she was uh part of the marching band. Like she got to do some cool stuff with school, but yeah, no, we've never been. We've I think it's one of those things where we've talked about like it'd be fun to take the kids, but. Not until they're way older, and I mean it's so expensive. Like you want to make have to sure they get on appreciate it and stuff too. Yeah, and they can appreciate it. It's expensive. Like, if I'm gonna shell out that much money, they, it's gonna be a memory for life. Oh yeah, no, and I mean that's something. I mean, I feel like every kid should get to go to Disneyland. I mean, they watch all that stuff on TV and everything else, and you hear about it from your friend. That's how what made me so stoked about it when I was a kid, and I was gonna go. I, I don't even know friend, if my I remember my friends talking about it, and be like, it's so cool. I don't even know if my kids know that Disneyland exists. That is a I yeah, that's a highly doubtful. They watch all the Disney well, movies in the Disney Channel, right? Yeah, but they don't advertise that stuff because they watch it all on demand. Like we we don't have cable. They watch it all like via Netflix and stuff. That's interesting. Well, so you should yeah, not my tell kid them watches. It, it just surprise them it, with it. If you yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know if they even know it exists. Maybe they do. I don't know. They they've never talked about it. Wild. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't even know if they know it exists. They might. I don't know. <laughs> they know Legoland does, but that's only because we went there. That's cool. I've never been to Legoland. I always wanted to. Legoland in Florida is sick, dude. Is everything made out of Legos? 
Yeah. And then, like, they have a lot of, like, really cool rides and roller coasters and stuff that's a lot of fun. Like, I mean, it's mainly geared for kids, like, 5 to 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but even for adults, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. Well, that's dope. It's cool. I'm going to try it out sometime. They need to just make a comic book land, and then we can all do a four guys trip. Well, they kind of do at Universal in Florida. They have uh, Marvel Island. Oh. Yeah, they have they have Adventure Island, I think is what it's called. But it's basically all Marvel. That's dope. They have like the Spider-Man 3D ride or 4D ride. They have uh, the Incredible Hulk ride. The, um, yeah, it's basically like a Doctor Doom ride. Yeah, it's all Marvel. They have a Doctor Doom ride. Yeah. That is so cool. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. That just got me hype. Yeah, it's the, it's the Marvel uh, experience thing. Yeah, it's like the Marvel... Oh, God, I can't think of the name of it now. You'll think about it later, and then you're going to be like, Aha! Yeah, probably. Oh, well. All right, well... Oh, yeah, it does have that. Oh. Well, while Tap's thinking about... Uh, <laughs> You know, this one day he'll probably figure it out. And he's going to do the aha moment here in a little bit. But um, let's jump into an interview with John Riley. Yeah. So basically, first of all, we owe, and I want to make this public, we owe a, a huge apology um, to John Riley. Um, we had his interview scheduled. Um, Mike, I believe, had to work. You were at Austin City Limits. So it was going to be me and uh, me and Michael. He ended up having to go to the ER last minute, so he wasn't able to record either. I didn't want to have to reschedule him, so I said, well, I'm going to interview him. I'll just do it solo. And he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. We had a good time talking. Um, But at the beginning of this interview process, um, he writes a book called Harold, um, Lovecraft and Tesla. And uh, at the time, I had not read any of it. I wasn't real familiar with the book at all. It's through Action Lab Comics. And uh, I've said many times that in the interview, I said, I'm going to read this as soon as we're out. Because it actually sounded amazing. He sold me on it. It sounded incredible. Uh, So I said, I'm going to go back and read it. And now I want to say, put it out there publicly, I have read um, all nine issues that are currently out right now. And it, the book is phenomenal. It is so good. It's a fun time. And the art by uh, Tom Rogers and Dexter Weeks is matches the story phenomenally. Like, it just, it's such a good fit. It all, all the pieces, the coloring, the art, the writing, like everything just fits together like a glove. And it's a, a beautiful book and it's a lot of fun. And so, please listen to this interview, jump on to Comixology, check out his book. It's, it's a good time. All right, you heard it right there. Now let's go talk to John.
Well, everybody, it is that time of the podcast where we have our weekly interview. And this week, we have a very special guest, someone that we actually met at NovaCon while we were all there, uh, John Riley. John, welcome to the show. Hello, how's it going? It's going. Thank you very much for uh, joining us today, or joining me. The other guys are MIA, but thank you for joining me today. I got the good one. Yeah, yeah, you got the best. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a writer. um, You have a book out, uh, Harold, uh, Tesla and Lovecraft. Um, I believe you have, what, six issues out? Uh, There's nine out at the moment. Nine out, okay. Um. Yeah, so I uh, I write the ongoing comic Harold Lovecraft and Tesla with uh, with Tom Rogers doing the the pencils and Dexter Weeks doing the ink, color, and letters. Um, it's published through Action Lab Entertainment. Uh, three, uh, because of that nine issues that we have, we've got three volumes out. Uh, the next one should be coming out um, sometime later this year, and within the next, um, as of the broadcast, I guess, um, within the next week or so. The tabletop role-playing game rulebook should be should be uh, released in hardback. They're, the backers are sending that stuff out to uh, to the people that backed it on Kickstarter. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So for those that may not have heard of your book or for those, I mean, just in the title itself, it already captures a lot of people's imagination at that point. Um, you got Lovecraft and Tesla together. Um, what is your book about? So it's uh, it's kind of a history soup mashup. It's got uh, it starts off with Amelia Earhart has who is engaged to Nikola Tesla. She steals a prototype magnetic engine that he was working on and f- gets sucked into another dimension while trying to cross the Atlantic on a solo flight. And Tesla's got to find some way of of fixing that while she's off in the elsewhere dimension dealing dealing with that. Uh, Tesla finds his way to H.P. Lovecraft, who knows about, you know, dimensions and magic and, and that sort of stuff that might be able to get it out. And the two of them end up getting caught up in this whole, you know, long story arc global Cthulhu conspiracy with Harry Houdini and Thomas Edison and Mark Twain and Albert Einstein and, you know, a host of, of all your favorite historical characters just kind of mashed in there. That sounds absolutely amazing. That is definitely something that is usually like right up my alley. I haven't had a chance to to read any of it yet, um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but um, I definitely will be. I I promise you that within the next week, I will have all nine issues read, and awesome. I'll, and I'll be reaching back out to you, telling you um, my thoughts on it. Um, but that sounds absolutely amazing. Like I said, that is definitely right up my alley. And I know Red's kind of sad that he couldn't be here tonight because he's a huge Tesla fan. Mm. Um, anybody who writes about Tesla, he's just he's immediately drawn to so um but how did you get your start you said you're with action lab the books published through action lab which is great they're a wonderful mm-hmm. wonderful little independent company um we've actually had a lot of dealings with writers and artists and things from action lab love those mm-hmm. guys uh so how did you actually get started into it and how were you fortunate enough to actually become a part of uh, have your book with action lab so I think, um, I mean, the short answer that I that I hate telling people because it kind of it you just gotta uh, just get really lucky. I just got really lucky. I think is what it was. I uh, I hadn't. This is the first. Um, I I had I I'd been teaching writing for a while. I've got a PhD in English. I've been doing that for a while. Um, literature and whatnot. I've got some academic publications. It doesn't matter. So uh, 
uh, this is the first piece of fiction that I have that I've had published. Uh, my wife got a shirt some years ago. This was in like 2011, maybe. That Travis Pitts had done a print called uh, "By Appointment Only," that's got the two of them on it, Lovecraft and, and Tesla. And I said, "Oh, that 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 looks like an awesome comic. Let's go buy that." And after a couple quick Googles, you know, said, "Oh, it's not a comic." I said, "Well, so well, goddamn it, it should be a comic." <laughs> Because, I mean, all these ideas, all these stories, all this possibility was just kind of exploding out of me. And uh, that night I sat down and started writing out the big outline for what eventually became this kind of 54-issue plan that we had to, to oh, wow. you know, tell a full – Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I'm, I, I had never written a comic or – I had read plenty of them, but I'd never written one, sat down, how, what that actually looks like. So looking back on it, 54 is kind of um, – is is uh, way too ambitious for for the first time out but i mean i'm sticking to it like it it all the pieces tie together nothing is superfluous everything that's in the comic comes back in some way there's no i try to make sure that there's no filler in in the story whatsoever it's just 54 pages 54 issues rather of uh of the story the full main plot of the story wow i mean there's there's side plots there but it's Nothing. Nothing is wasted. Yeah, there's always something going on. Yeah, that is incredible. So, how did you end up getting up with Action Lab? Then you came up with this wonderful idea of of creating this comic, and did you just like did you find your did you know your writers and or your not your writer your artists and stuff beforehand or was that something like through social media? Yeah, it was it was through DeviantArt actually. So I spent about a year um, just kind of screwing around with the story and reading a bunch of biographies and piecing all these things together and trying to make all the all the pieces fit. And after about a year of notes and you know scripts and whatnot, I said let's let's actually give this a shot. This is more than just a kind of a fun thing that I've been doing on the side. Um, and then I, I we we found uh, Tom through DeviantArt uh, along with hundreds of other profiles that we went through and emailed them kind of the basic pitch and like, what do you think about this? And <clears throat> we got him and uh, to, to start doing some of the pencils. And Dexter Weeks, who's done uh, a few books with Image, he's uh, he's got a series, I believe, coming out on Netflix soon, uh, a cat named Haiku that he also does the um, he does the art for. Uh, and he he's actually related to me kind of obliquely through, you know, wife's friend-to-friend, cousin kind of thing. Um, so as we were doing all this with Tom. We were getting some, some material out. We sent it to Dex to say, you know, what do you think? Do, does this have what it takes kind of thing? And I was expecting, you know, as a, as you know, a family member, Hey, good job. You know, keep it up, you know, yeah. aim for the stars kind of thing. And within about a half hour, he came back and said, I want to be a part of this. How do I, how do I get on board? This looks great. And I oh, said, Oh, awesome. well that's, that's a lot better of a response than I was expecting. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's get it going. Um, and then we sent a we sent a submission package out to Action, with uh, with six, the last six pages of the first issue, and the pitch for the whole thing and the whole story, all the all the twists and whatnot, which is probably one of the hardest things you're ever going to have to write when you have to take a huge story and just kind of condense it down into an elevator shot. Um, and they liked it, and uh, and they they gave us a shot, and here we are. That is incredible. Um... 
that's really cool. And this is your first comic that you've ever written. You said you had written other things in the past, but comic book wise, this is the first book. Yeah, I mean, written. like academic stuff on how to teach writing to, to college students. And, and well, then, obviously, and writing's in your background. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, we should be calling you Dr. Riley the rest of this podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that is incredible. Your very first comic right out the gate. And like, did you ever even have any other ideas for other comics? Or was this like no, the very it was, first idea for a comic you've even had? I mean, I, I've had plenty of ideas for stories. And you write down some notes and they just kind of go in a drawer somewhere. And nothing ever yeah. happens. And uh, it, you know, stuff doesn't actually get have a chance to succeed or fail unless you, you put in the, the chair time to, to at least give it a chance to fail. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it has to actually exist true. for someone to say no to it, which, which gets a lot of people to not sit down in the chair and start writing. But I figured let's, you know, let's give it a shot. So yeah, this, this was like the first kind of fully conceived story that I, I put together. And I did a whole lot of research on how to get it, how to break in and how to, how to get your name out there, how to get a comic, how to self-publish. If you're going to go that route, what do you do? And so much of the material that's out there is, is, is it's like, here's how you break into comics. Don't break into comics. It's not going to happen. Don't bother. It's, it's really difficult. Self-publish it if you need to, but don't like, don't think that you're going to make any money off of this. Don't think that you're going to, it's going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I kind of took that to heart and then <laughs> kept going anyway. And like I said, just got really lucky. And then a few months after Action uh, had, had started putting them out, this was, uh, I guess, December of 2013 was the first issue. So a few months after that, I wrote a, a screenplay of what it would be like if it was a TV show and then sent that out to a whole bunch of people. Oh, and some wow. people liked it. And then it got option for TV. Um, and, you know, stuff, stuff moves around with that. Uh, and then another company came by and said, hey, we want the rights to it too. I said, look, I'm tied up with first people but this was raven desk games by the way um but i said look i I see you guys also do role-playing games and stuff and i'm kind of really into that and it really informs a lot of the way that i'm I'm plotting stuff out the way that i think of these characters so would you guys be interested in turning this into a role-playing game and and then here we are a couple years later where it's the, the the book is finally done through savage worlds wow that is crazy so for those that are into a lot of the the tabletop gaming and whatnot, um, what can you tell us about it? Like, how is it? Can you give us kind of like a basic gist? Is it sort of like a D and D type game, or how would you yeah. explain it to a to a noob? Like um, so it's it's <laughs> uh, it's think of uh, I guess I mean it's it's got the Lovecraftian mythos to it. It's done through the Savage Worlds rule system. So if you're familiar with any of them, um, any of the games that use Savage Worlds that can kind of be ported to other other themes other oh, genres okay. i guess so if you think of uh like a call of cthulhu rpg which is normally super bleak and super um depressing which i love which is fantastic but it's also kind of a an indiana jones pulp 1920s kind of you know radio hour adventure kind of story so you're going to be we we did a i ran a session at gen con a few months ago whenever that was where we had uh, was Ernest Hemingway and, and Jack Dempsey, along with Harry Houdini, um, fighting some of Aleister Crowley's followers, and a giant worm ended up eating Ernest Hemingway. It was it's 
it was pretty great. And then Houdini shot a giant crate of dynamite and blew everybody up. It was it was a fantastic little little story. <laughs> so it's that kind of stuff. It's like it's like a fun, pulpy Indiana Jones kind of stuff. But you are one of these historical people that you want to be. So if you want to be, like I say, Al, uh, you know, Salvador Dali with a with a with a Tommy gun, shooting some kind of ghost with Eleanor Roosevelt and the pair of machetes next to you, hacking up some some zombies. Like that's that works too. That sounds epic. Now, I'm not, I've never really been into the whole tabletop game. Not, I guess, that I wouldn't really enjoy. It's just, I don't know anybody else around my area that plays. And so I've just, I've just never had an opportunity to engross myself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but roll that, 20. But roll 20.net sounds... is, your, is your gateway to that because that's, you got a free thing where you can do all this stuff online. So there's, there's tons oh, okay. of people out there. Yeah. That sounds absolutely amazing, though. And I actually do know some people. They don't live near me, they live, um, a few states over, but um, I do know some people that are fans of tabletop games, so I'll be sure I, m- I mention it to them as well and see if maybe they've heard of it or if they're about. To... You said it comes out at the end of this month or end of this year. Um, it should be. It should. I mean, the book is done. The PDF is out to some of the backers. Uh, they're just getting it printed and, and shipping out. They made uh, little pewter figures that you can put oh, on your table. Awesome. They got um, they got poker chips for the what's called the bennies that you use as part of it to kind of. Um, as like a special ability almost. Um, there's a there's a Tesla, a working Tesla pistol gun from the comic that they that they're making for props for some of the people that lights up. Um, but yeah, they're they're packing all that up and getting that out there real real soon. Wow, that's gonna be absolutely incredible. So you said kind of going this is your whole first foray or whatever into the world of comics, but I'm going to assume that you've been a, a comic reader earlier on is that Mm -hmm. accurate yeah yeah what is your background then in in the world of comics and are growing up reading comics so uh for quite a while it was it was almost exclusively um marvel um there was a lot of image stuff when when image first came out with with wildcats and youngblood and whatnot um and this is uh so around the time that infinity gauntlet happened I think Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War shortly after that was when I, I kind of topped off. And this was mostly because of, um, you know, I've got a full-time job. I've, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm going to school. I don't have you, – you have that weird paradox where you're a kid where you have plenty of time but no money. Yep. And then you're a doe where you got <laughs> a lot more money but no time. Yep. So I was kind of in that shifting zone, and this this the comics was just something that I had to I had to kind of put aside. So I kind of ended at at Infinity Gauntlet, and then maybe I don't know ten years ago started picking it back up again because of all the just absolutely amazing stuff that Image um, has been putting out. Just I, I mean, you can we can list all sorts of stuff, but actually a couple students of mine got me into uh, Walking Dead back when it was. So okay. like the first few, the first few trades, because I had told them that I was I was kind of screwing around with making a little zombie board game, and one of them came up to me and said, "You might like this comic that this guy Robert Kirkman because it's supposed to go on forever." And then I started getting back into comics and all the um, all the stuff that Image does, which I'm really pleased with. So, what are some of your favorite Image titles currently? Um, I think Saga is probably. Is probably the one that comes to mind most. Um, pretty deadly. I get a I get a kick out of. I like Bitch Planet. I like um, uh, anything that Brian K. Vaughn, Kelly Sudeikonik do, does. Anything they do. 
Yeah, so um, it's usually it's it's stuff that that reminds me, and it, I hope I don't sound pretentious, but it's stuff that reminds me of uh, the kind of literature that I might have been teaching as a professor. When there's there's tons of it, there's plenty of it. Um, but any anything that that kind of fits into that that category where it feels like it's it's taking itself seriously because it needs to, and it's doing it's doing something very interesting and unique. Have you read Postal? I have not yet. No, oh. but I've seen. I keep seeing. Oh, I keep sir. seeing stuff about it. <laughs> yeah, I strongly recommend Postal. Postal. Um, it, yeah, it, Matt Hawkins, Brian Hill. It's absolutely incredible, and it only gets better from there. And we've actually had Matt Hawkins on the show talking about Postal, and um, he explained kind of the background story. It's absolutely amazing. It's such a good book. Mm-hmm. So it, it it seems like. Yeah, if you like like the writing, I think you'd really dig Postal. Um, have you read Birthright? Uh, yes. Joshua Williamson. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think the the first the first trade I read. Yeah, Birthright's great too. Yeah. Yep. No, Image is a fantastic company. I think because it's creator owned, people can do whatever the heck they want, and there you go. Um, but yeah. No, yeah, it's... they do. They uh, they have. It's like the HBO of comics. I, yes, I, I I think of it. You know, it's. <clears throat> it's stuff that you're not going to find. Although at this point, Netflix is like, is the HBO of, of HBO. Yes. They just with the amount of original Malar content they're putting together and all the Marvel yeah. stuff. And yep. Well, that's really cool. So do you have any, so you obviously go to cons to promote because well, we mm-hmm. saw you at NovaCon. Um, but do you go to any other cons? NovaCon is, well, this year was their first year. Um, yeah, it was great. But it, it was uh, a local con for a lot of people. Uh, so do you go to any other cons outside? Is it mainly regional cons? Kind of what is your... Regionally, um, if I can if I can drive with, you know, around the D.C. area, like it's uh, it's, it's probably a good chance I'm going to be there. I've done New York a couple times. Um, awesome con, Baltimore. Uh, there's a there's a local library uh, down in Fredericksburg that, that does like a like a... An event once a year that's kind of my favorite because it's it's like a free library thing and it's just it's just uh, like local creators and people and everybody everybody in the neighborhood dresses up it's, it, it's great. Okay. Um, I've done San Diego a couple times. Uh, I just did. I mean, it's it's not comics, but I just did Gen Con for the for the book. That was that was amazing. That was fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, I am based in with all of all four of us guys. We're all spread out in different areas of the country. Um, I am based in Omaha, Nebraska, but um, we have a wonderful, wonderful con um, down in Kansas City um, mm-hmm. called Planet Comic Con, and they are actually in the process right now of booking uh, creators for the upcoming show in. Well, they moved it up this year. This year it's in February, end of February. Mm-hmm. So if you're free and interested, it's a huge con. I think last year we had 70,000-something people. Like, it's a big con. Um, not like New York or San Diego big, but it's a big con. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. You always got to promote your local stuff. You know, if you yeah. want to come out and say hi, we'd love to have you down in Kansas City. Yeah, send me, send me the details. I could. That's probably, I mean, that's... Oh yeah, definitely. I can do, definitely do that. That might be that might be doable. Yeah, it's a it's a fun con. It's it's uh this year's a little bit different because normally they have it in April or May, and this year it's in February, so it's a little bit 
some people are a little thrown off by that, but it's a wonderful, wonderful convention with tons of people. Um, they have a lot of the local guys there, like Jason Aaron, uh, Colin Bunn, uh, Brian Hurt. You know, all the the kind of the big names that are in that local area are going to be there. Uh, B Claymore, so a lot of good networking as well. Yeah, you said this was in February. Yes, February eighteenth through the twentieth. Okay, I got a my job gets has like these really weird like incredibly busy spurts where we might need to be there at like midnight for a couple nights in a row kind of thing but um but if i can plan that out ahead of time i might be able to might be able to make it make it work awesome yeah Yeah. it's a it's a wonderful wonderful con and so like i said we'd love to have you know people out there and i can definitely send you over all the information as well yeah please do um well speaking of conventions do you have anything booked uh, that's upcoming or is con season kind of over for you now um it's kind of it's kind of winding down i think i have um i'm actually going through my calendar here <laughs> uh there's one coming up i can't remember there's one coming up in frederick's uh frederick maryland okay it's going to be um i can't remember the name of it uh, Frederick Maryland Comic Con. That's not that uh, that difficult to remember. Is it? <laughs> Frederick Maryland Comic Con in Frederick Maryland, uh, next to Francis Scott Key Mall. So yeah, I've got that going on on November twelfth. Okay, well there you go, so, folks. Yeah. If you're in the area, stop by, say hello, grab, and I'm assuming you're gonna have trades and things there as well. Yes, yeah, awesome. trades. Uh, first issue, first issue variant cover. Yeah. So I have to ask. I'm a hardcover collector. Um, Me too. I haven't collected singles in a long time. I, I mainly collect hardcovers now. Sometimes trades, and if I get trades, I usually bind them into hardcovers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to ask. Being a hardcover collector, um, and I know there's a lot of others out there. Uh, when you get, you know, potentially some more issues out and things like that, are, is there a chance of ever having a hardcover collection of this book? Of Harold? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, that's awesome. We'd ha- yeah, we'd have to we'd have to talk to the uh, talk to the publisher about it. But once we get, so I originally broke the the whole thing down outline wise into three seasons of eighteen issues each. Okay. I think that might you know eighteen might work. That might be a little too thin for a for a hardcover, but yeah, that'd be good. I mean, um, there's a lot of deluxe issues out there that are twelve to eighteen issues. Yeah, 18, 18, if eighteen works, um, so that would be it. That would be like the first because they're, they're kind of these three big arcs that that connect. Um, so yeah, maybe that would be great. That is fantastic. I would be so stoked, man. I like I said, I love hardcovers. It's just yeah, I, I'm a big collector of of those. Um, actually, Mike, one of the other guys on the podcast, got me into it about a year ago, and it's just the, it's the best way to read. It's just they look so gorgeous cool. on a wall they too, do, right? Right, oh, it's gorgeous. Um, so. Uh, issue 10, when, for those that are following the book or picking up the book or have read the nine issues and are waiting for issue 10, when do you mm-hmm. think, um, do you know when issue 10 is going to be dropping yet? Um, I don't have a specific date. They, the, uh, Tom and Dex were actually working on the art for the role-playing game book oh, through, okay. through Raven Desk Games. And now that that's done, they're, they're back. I believe they're, I think midway through issue 11. Um, and Action doesn't want to release anything until the full uh, 10, 11, 12 is done and in the pipe. 
Gotcha. So they don't have like they can release one a month with no delays. Gotcha. Um, so I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, either end of the year or early early next year. Okay, that's not too far off then. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of so the way that it works in is um, it'll you, they wait till you get the three and then it'll drop monthly for three months and then it'll kind of take a little bit of a hiatus and then. Yeah, yeah, because then we we gotta we gotta get cracking on the on the next issues and everyone's got day jobs and you know. That's fantastic. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's typically uh, that's how it works with action. I don't know if it's about other companies, but they if it was a six issue trade, they would want to make sure that it was all done and in like i said in the pipe before they before they start putting it in solicits yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. so for those that um are digital readers it, it, can they find this on comiXology as well yes yes all oh, of them are on comiXology yes in fact they usually show up um a, a month or two before they they hit uh, the paper versions oh wow well there you Something go like you guys that. can't yeah. wait go hit up comiXology you'll find it there faster yes that is epic all right, man. Well, thank you very much for, for coming on tonight and discussing your, your book and whatnot with us. We greatly yeah, appreciate it. Like you. I said, I'm going to go binge read the, the nine issues this week. Awesome. And, uh, like I said, I promise you I'm going to do it, and I will email you or shoot you a uh, Twitter or something, like tweet, and let you know um, once I'm done and, and probably tell you how much I absolutely love your book. So Awesome, man. Yeah, well, don't, don't, <laughs> don't oversell it in your head. I don't want to... The the premise. I'm serious, man. The premise <laughs> sounds epic. Um, what I tell people is, if if you like it, tell people you like it, and if you don't like it, tell people you like it. Yeah, exactly. Just don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, the premise sounds absolutely epic, and I'm I really look forward to checking it out because that's right up my alley. I love that kind of stuff. Perfect. Thanks, man. So. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, once again very much for coming on. And if you have anything else that you want to promote or put out there, let us know. We'll be more than happy to help you out. Any Kickstarters, anything like that. And uh, we'll help throw that out there. And I'll get you the information for Planet Comic Con. And hopefully uh, we'll see you in Kansas City. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. Good talking to you, Matt. Thanks, man. We greatly appreciate it. All right. 